This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. It's time now for the Therapeutic Green Room with psychologist Simi Desor. to the Therapeutic Green Room, the space in between where we can talk about concerns, worries, challenges, thoughts and joys with me, Simi Desor. I'm a registered psychologist working here in Christchurch, New Zealand, and today I want to talk about friendships. Whether it's philosophical thought, psychological understanding, or our lived experience, the concept of friendship has been a topic that's been considered by most of us. Aristotle, in Nicomachean Ethics, discusses three kinds of friendship. Friendships of utility, friendships of pleasure, and friendships of virtue. The basic idea he puts forward is that utility, pleasure, and virtue are the reasons we connect in various kinds of friendly relationships. Aristotle's notion of friendships of utility exists between you and someone who's useful to you in some ways. For instance, this is where the context for connection is about doing something that is mutually beneficial, like watering your neighbor's garden or getting their mail when they're away and them doing the same for you when you're away. Aristotle's notion of friendships of pleasure exists between you and those whose company you enjoy. Often these are activity buddies, people with whom you do things like playing soccer, going for long bike rides, or to movies, the kind of person with whom you enjoy a little chit-chat or a joke. Next, Aristotle's notion of friendships of the good are based on mutual respect and admiration. These friendships take longer to build than the other two kind. But they're also more meaningful, powerful, and enduring. They often arise when two people recognize that they have similar values and goals, that they have similar visions for how the world, or at least their lives, should be. So it appears that friendships of utility and pleasure are necessary, but may be deficient modes of friendship. By contrast, friendships of virtue, because they're motivated by the excellences of your friend's character and mutually shared values, are genuine and deeper friendships if we're evaluating the depth of friendships. So how do these ancient philosophical models of friendship translate into modern-day psychological understanding, and how is this relevant to you and me? Friendships have a significant impact on our mental health and happiness. Good friends relieve stress, provide comfort and joy, and prevent loneliness and isolation. Developing close friendships can also have powerful impact on your physical health. Lack of social connection may pose as much of a risk as smoking, drinking too much, or leading a sedentary life. Friends are even tied to longevity. 
One Swedish study found that along with physical activity, maintaining a rich network of friends can add significant years to your life. But close friendships don't just happen. Many of us struggle to meet people and develop quality connections. Whatever your age or circumstances, though, it's never too late to make new friends, reconnect with old ones, and greatly improve your social life, emotional health, and overall well-being. According to the APA Dictionary of Psychology, friendship is a voluntary relationship between two or more people that is relatively long-lasting and in which those involved tend to be concerned with meeting the other's needs and interests as well as satisfying their own desires. Friendships frequently develop through shared experiences in which the people involved learn that their association with one another is mutually gratifying. How does that definition translate into life? When we're younger, friendships look different. I remember working with a little five-year-old boy on his first day of school. After a first busy morning, by lunchtime he was exhausted, so we decided to sit in a quiet room and have a chat together about the day so far. He said he'd made lots of friends that day. I asked him to tell me more, and he said he just smiled and said hi, and they played together for an entire playtime, and then they were all friends. So, longevity at five is very different than that at 50. But the underlying principles are the same. During the half-hour play, he felt included. His interests were incorporated in their play. He felt a sense of safety and belonging. As we get older, the principles remain the same. If we want deep and meaningful friendships, then it's useful to be aware of a process that's involved. One way of conceptualizing this is by being aware of and exploring the different stages of friendship development, we, we begin as a stranger and then move into becoming acquaintances. And as our association grows, we become casual friends with our acquaintances. Then we progress to being closer friends and ultimately we get to become intimate friends. In our relationships, in order to develop our intimacy, we need to progress through all these stages Imagine, for example, the following scenario. For example, you start a new job and meet someone else who is new at the organization. You instantly hit it off and are friendly at work and also begin meeting outside of work. You confide in one another. Then, as you go on, you get into an argument, probably over something small, and immediately the collegial relationship and friendship ends. Not soon after you begin to talk about each other and tell each other's business to other people. This is the perfect example of what happens when we skip past the stages of development. In jumping the stages of development, we can unintentionally treat people in a manner that's not appropriate for the real place that they occupy on the friendship scale. Intimate friendships require vulnerability and trust. And this is developed over time with sharing the casual fun moments, the deep meaningful disclosures, but it also involves the motivation to repair when there is an argument or a break in friendship.
It is the development of a shared understanding that rocky moments will happen, but you're willing to work through them for the benefit of yourself and each other. So there is a significant element of cooperation rather than just the utility that Aristotle outlined. Technology has shifted the definition of friendship in recent years. With the click of a button, we can add a friend or make a new connection. But having hundreds of online friends is not the same as having a close friend you can spend time with in person. Online friends can't hug you when a crisis hits, visit you when you're sick, or celebrate a happy occasion with you. Our most important and powerful connections happen when we're face-to-face. So for each and every one of us, it's a priority to stay in touch in the real world, not just online. There are significant benefits of friendship. While developing and maintaining friendships takes time and effort, healthy friendships are essential. Friendships improve our mood and that of the other person. Spending time with friends and sharing happy and positive moments with each other can elevate our mood and boost our overall outlook. Friendships help us and our friends reach goals, whether we're trying to get fit, give up smoking, or otherwise improve our lives. Encouragement within a friendship can really boost our willpower and increase our chances of success. Friendships also reduce stress, anxiety, loneliness, and even depression. Having an active social life can bolster your immune system and help reduce isolation, a major contributing factor to depression. Supporting us through tough times is another thing that friendships do. Even if it's just having someone to share your problems with, friends can help you cope with serious illnesses, the loss of a job or a loved one, the breakup of a relationship, or any other challenges in life. Friendships also support us as we age. As we get older, we hit retirement or illness and experience the death of loved ones, we can often feel isolated, alone, lost. Knowing there are people we can turn to for company and support can provide purpose as we age and serve as a buffer against the depression, disability, hardship, and loss. Finally, friendships can boost your self-worth. Friendship is a two-way street, and the give side of the give and take contributes to your own sense of self-worth. Being there for your friends makes you feel needed and adds purpose to your life and makes them feel better too. What can you expect to receive and also give as a good friend? A friend is someone you trust and with whom you share a deep level of understanding and communication. As friendship works both ways, a friend is also someone you feel comfortable supporting and accepting, and someone with whom you share a bond of trust and loyalty. Some of the qualities of a good friend will probably include something from the list I'm about to talk about. So here goes. A good friend is there for you no matter what. A good friend doesn't judge you doesn't put you down or deliberately hurt your feelings. 
A good friend is kind and respectful to you. He or she is someone whose company you enjoy, so the pleasure aspect is an important one. A good friend is loyal, is trustworthy and willing to tell you the truth, even when it's hard for you to hear. A good friend laughs with you and sticks around when things get tough. He or she makes you smile, is there to listen and comforts you when you cry or when you experience sadnesses, losses and griefs. There are some tips for being more friendly and social, even if you're shy. If you're introverted or shy, it can feel uncomfortable to put yourself out there socially, but you don't have to be naturally outgoing or the life of the party to make new friends. One of the big tips in terms of creating friendships is to focus on others, not yourself. The key to connecting to other people is by showing interest in them. When you're truly interested in someone else's thoughts, feelings, experiences, and opinions, it shows, and they'll appreciate you for it. You'll make far more friends by showing your interest rather than trying to get people interested in you or to impress them. If you're not genuinely curious about the other person, then stop trying to connect with that person. Secondly, pay attention. Switch off your smartphone, avoid other distractions, and make an effort to truly listen to that other person. I spoke a while ago about active listening, and I suggest that if you're struggling to make friendships, it might be a useful podcast to listen to. By paying close attention to what they say, do, and how they interact, you'll quickly get to know them. Small efforts go a long way. Things such as remembering someone's preferences, the stories they've told you, and what's going on in their lives help build and enhance a friendship. There are many ways to make acquaintances, through joining a community class, signing up to a club, attending local art or sports events, and even volunteering. These meetings are the beginnings of possible friendships. Following that, the development of intimacy from being an acquaintance to being an intimate friend is systematic and takes time. You begin as strangers, move to the level of acquaintances where There's occasional contact and very general knowledge and you talk about general things rather than specifics and deep meaningful things. You move from there to becoming casual friends with common interests and activities. You tend to meet more frequently than acquaintances do, but it's still not at a seriously emotional deep level. From the casual friendships over time, you can develop closer friendships. These friendships are those where you share similar values, ideals, and worldviews. Mutual interests flourish, and life goals work together to achieve connection. Once you start connecting at this level... It begins to flourish into a deeper, meaningful friendship. And finally, 
An intimate friendship is where people are committed to the development of each other's characters. They take mutual responsibility of honesty, of reciprocity and connection, and move forward in life together. So that, in a nutshell, is the beginning of a friendship and the development of a friendship. This week, I invite you to reflect on the friendships in your life. What are your friendships like? I suppose what matters more than the number of friends we have is the quality of the connections that we make. So what is the quality of your friendships? Going back again to Aristotle's reflections, are your friends friends of utility, friends of pleasure, or friends of virtue? Are your friendships meaningful and connected? If they aren't, how can they become more meaningful and fulfilling? It may be that your friendships require a bit more time and effort to develop. And isn't that worthwhile for both yourself and your friend? One tip to remember, if you want better friendships, it begins with you. Be a better friend yourself. We need to be kind to ourselves and each other because in kindness and through compassion, we will find our individual and collective strength. Thank you for connecting with me today. Be well, and I hope you go well.